0: and from all walks of life. Whether you're a student, a professional, or a retiree, you are making economic decisions every day, and this course will arm you with the wisdom of centuries of economists to improve your economic decision-making. You'll also get a free book of Principles of Economics if you sign up for the course. Go to safeddean.com and sign up now. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is the Bitcoiners' answer to fiat health insurance. If you listen to this show, you've probably heard me rail against the problems of modern healthcare and health insurance. CrowdHealth is a brilliant new solution to this problem that leverages the power of Bitcoin to help people get affordable healthcare. CrowdHealth holds its cash reserves in Bitcoin. It negotiates with healthcare providers on your behalf and gets you much better rates by offering to pay them cash upfront without having to go through the expensive bureaucracy of modern healthcare insurance. It's a solution that works better for healthcare providers and for patients by disintermediating large insurance companies who have the wrong incentives and are constantly raising costs. I'm very happy to have signed up for CrowdHealth, and I'm really excited to support them as they disrupt the fiat health insurance industry. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and use the discount code SAFE S-A-I-F, and you'll get the first six months for $99 only. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by CoinKite. CoinKite are my favorite makers of Bitcoin hardware. They produced the legendary Open Dime, the first Bitcoin bearer asset, as well as the reliable cold card hardware wallet, the excellent stainless steel seed plates for storing your seed phrases, and the block clock. Now, CoinKite have produced the Sats Card, a card the size of a credit card which can store Bitcoin and works great as a gift. CoinKite have just produced a limited edition gorgeous Bitcoin Standard Sats Card, which carries the Bitcoin Standard logo, and you can get it from Coinkite.shop slash Bitcoin standard. Use the code Bitcoin standard to get 5% off your purchase. This podcast is also brought to you by the Bitcoin way, your professional Bitcoin IT team, offering you personalized, secure, and comprehensive solutions for every step along your Bitcoin journey. The Bitcoin way offer live concierge service to guide you with your Bitcoin cold storage, running your node, privacy best practices, inheritance planning, corporate strategy, and multi-sig solutions. Thank you very much, everybody, for uh, hosting me and thank you to Bitcoin Austria and to National Bank. It's really a pleasure uh, to be in uh, Vienna, particularly a pleasure for me. For those of you who read my book, because I'm extremely influenced by Austrian economists, and that's why I insisted on trying to make this um, the first stop on my book tour. So the topic of my book is Bitcoin. And in particular, it's about the idea that Bitcoin is emerging as a new monetary standard. Bitcoin is becoming something like the gold standard. And that's why the title of the book comes from um, that, the Bitcoin standard, uh, similar to the gold standard. So um, I'm not going to obviously summarize the entire book, but I'm just going to um, drop a few of the main ideas that I make in the book so that we can have uh, an open discussion uh, around them. The, the, the first concept that I discuss in terms of trying to understand what is it that um, uh, makes Bitcoin money is to understand what is it that makes anything money. Why does money come around? And there's a, I mean, the, the first seven chapters of my book do not even mention Bitcoin almost entirely because they discuss uh, money in general. And we look at the history of money over time, what gets chosen as money, what stops being used as money, why do things go from being used as money to stopping being used as money. And I think, in my opinion, the argument that I make is that the most important factor that determines whether something can be used as money today or in the last couple of thousand years is the fact that it is hard to produce. If something is easy to produce, people use it as money, others will produce more of it, and then the price of it will come crashing down, and then it becomes a, ve- a useless store of value. If it's hard to produce, people use it as money, they store their value in it, the price goes up, it's hard for others to produce more of it and then bring the price down. So this is why if we look historically, we find that the best forms of money were always the hardest to make. In places where seashells were rare to find, seashells, rare seashells were used as money. In places where... Um, Cattle uh, you know, initially was used as money because it's hard to make. If we um, look at limestones or all sorts of things that in any particular location were used as money, there was always a way or a physical or a political mechanism of restraining the supply growth. That's really the key point. And whenever we find an example of several forms of money interacting, usually what ends up happening is, or almost always what ends up happening is, What survives as money is whatever is hardest to produce because if you have several forms of money interacting with one another then um, people who store their money in the money that is easy will lose all of their wealth over time because the money continues to get to produce produced more and more of it and then the supply of it increases and so the supply and so the value drops so historically we find that gold became money for this very important reason which is that the the supply growth of gold is the lowest of all the metals because number one it's very rare in earth but even more importantly gold does not ruin and because it doesn't ruin that means that the current supply that we have around the world has been stockpiled over thousands of years and so even if production were to increase next year it will only be a small little fractional addition to all the thousands of years of stockpiles that we've piled up in other words the potential for the supply of gold to grow as a response to increased demand for gold is the lowest of all other metals. Therefore, it's a hard money. Therefore, gold was the hardest money that humanity had ever had because the supply grows every year at around between one and 2%. That's it. You know, No matter what happens to the gold price, the mining output of gold is always around one or 2% of stockpiles. And that's what I think makes gold um, Money over many, many years, because nobody could ever guarantee such a low supply growth. now, if we move and look at government monies, we find the same story um, the currencies whose governments print a lot of them, whose supply increases a lot, they lose their value quickly, and then um, people move towards the harder currencies whose supply increases less and less so uh, the main currencies of the world like the dollar and the euro and the swiss franc and the most commonly used around the world you find that the annual supply growth of these currencies is around three percent per year five seven percent something like that whereas you know the currencies that are always witnessing uh, uh, crises and inflation you find that the supply growth there is 10 20 30 50 maybe even uh, much more and so we have this dynamic over time always and it's 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 partly due to human psychology that people can recognize that you know gold is a better store of value than uh, copper but it's also not just human psychology it's also natural market selection it's just people who choose the better money end up with more wealth in the long run people who choose the worth, worse money end up with less wealth in the long run enter bitcoin why is bitcoin important here because bitcoin has in the next few years in about four or five years Bitcoin will have the lowest supply growth of anything that has ever been used as money. And it will be reliably lower. Right now, the supply growth of Bitcoin is around 4% per year, which is a little bit more than double of the supply growth rate of uh, gold. But in about four or five years, it'll drop below that. And then the supply will continue to grow at at a lower rate until it stops completely.